This is the Narratorium, dedicated to bringing you free short fiction in a variety of formats, including audio, web, and ebook formats. Please visit our website at narratorium.com. This story is called The Empire of the Sea. It was hard to row through the streets while the tide was going out. Rents and Kale strained against the oars, trying to avoid the eddies created as the water surged around the corners of the remaining buildings. But their own tower was now in sight, standing separate from all the rest. Rents had been told that in the old days, Harvest Tower had stood proud in the centre of its own wide plaza. Now it was an island, but proud, still proud. There were half a dozen small fishing boats scattered around the tower, and the fishermen waved and called out greetings as Rents and Kale came up. Rents gave them a cursory wave, but his spirits were too low for him to join in any banter. He gestured to Kale instead, and they rode up to the building's lower windows. Water sucked in and out of the empty frames, and it was dangerous to get too close. But ropes dangled down from windows two levels up. They fastened the boat fore and aft and called out to the cousins now leaning out above. The winching began and they were slowly pulled upwards. As Rance climbed into the building, his wife, Chell, ran forward to hug him. You've been gone for days, she said. I was so worried. What's the news? Rance shook his head. Not very good. Let me save the details for Grandfather. Has he calmed down yet? Chell smiled ruefully. He still doesn't believe that there's any need. We younger folk have been trying to persuade him, but the uncles are all on his side. Just then there was a small shudder beneath their feet. The building seemed to tremble for a moment, then was still. Rents looked grimly at Chell, who just shrugged sadly. Well, he said with a sigh, let's start up. Together they headed for the stairwell. Harvest Tower was 93 levels high, though the lowest levels were now well below water. Climbing it took over an hour, even for people as young and fit as Rents and Chell. As they ascended the last of the stairs, the building gave another ominous shudder. Up here it felt much worse, and the walls trembled for several seconds. Rents looked across at Chell, who was holding tightly to the railing. Breathing heavily, he said, It's happening more often now. Yes she agreed. Rents gave a sigh and wiped away the sweat from his forehead. Grandfather will have to listen. He pulled up in the battered door and went through into bright daylight. They were in the midst of the roof garden, the asset that had helped keep the family alive for almost two generations. Three great water tanks held precious rainwater and green plants were everywhere, carefully tended by the cousins who worked up here. Red tomatoes, yellow peppers and deep purple aubergines were spots of colour here and there, and on one of the precious few fruit trees, orange kumquats. In the centre of the garden, like a separate little building, was what his grandfather for some reason called the Pent House. Rents and Shell headed for the door. Grandfather was seated in a soft red chair on a raised plinth in the centre of the room. The uncles gathered around him. He was arguing with them his usual state. Rance didn't know how old his grandfather was exactly, wasn't even sure how old it was possible for people to become. 
his bald, age-spotted head turned toward them as they came in. Well, he said sharply, have you finished wasting your time? Grandfather, Rents said, you must have felt that shaking just now. The foundations of the tower. Nah, earthquakes, snapped the old man. Been having them for years. Natural phenomenon. Nothing to worry about. Chell came forward. But sir, we've seen other buildings in the city collapse. Only last year at the Drage Centre. Mm, poor construction, he said with a sneer. No, I remember the Drage Company. Nah, always cutting corners. Nah, cheap labour. Poor concrete. Would have fallen down anyway. Water had nothing to do with it. Rensa's uncle Vito nodded in agreement and said, Enough of this. We reluctantly allowed you to make this trip around the city, Rens. What did you find out? Rens sighed. Many of the smaller buildings have been abandoned. They're in very poor shape. At most, there are only one or two people in them. Of the bigger communities, well, you know what happened to the Drage Centre. It's just rubble there now, Rens said. And I think the bank house's foundations are going too. You can actually see it starting to lean. We didn't bother asking them for help. The Ryan Street brethren just drove us off. They're a little crazy, I think. The most successful of the communities, apart from ourselves, he hastily added as he saw Grandfather taking umbrage, is the Giordano Cooperative. I spoke with them for some time and they showed me around. They have the whole of the South Bank complex and the buildings in the block seem to be supporting each other pretty well. And what did they say? said Uncle Vito, glancing at Grandfather, when you asked them if they would offer us any assistance. Rents swallowed. Should he actually outline the degrading terms which Bruno Giordano had set out? To take only the prettiest young women and, and those young men willing to work as serfs in his roof gardens? No, he wouldn't mention that. Il Capo offers to lend us boats to assist in ferrying us to the mainland, should the need arise. That had been the least offensive part of Giordano's offer. Grandfather folded his arms. The mainland? With no shelter? Finding all of the people there for every scrap of food? No, never, he spat. I should never have allowed you to go begging to the other buildings. We can't expect any help from any of those bastards. And we don't need any help, he said, thumping his fist on the arm of his chair. This tower hasn't fallen down yet. It never will. His flat statement was belied by another shudder that made the top of the building sway for a long moment. Something was definitely going wrong down there, Rens thought. Seawater was eating away at the steel structure of the foundations. The old man gestured dismissively. Get out! Get back to your work! No more of this nonsense! Tell the other grandchildren to stop their chatter! Chell tugged on Rens's arm, and together they marched quickly out of the penthouse. Once outside, she leant close to him. You see, we have no choice now. He nodded sadly, then turned aside to whisper to one of the cousins weeding a row of cabbages. Chell turned the other way to do the same to a young woman gathering carrots. They went on through the garden, speaking to a worker here and another there. Only the young people, only the trusted ones. That night, under the cover of darkness, a small fleet of fishing boats left the base of the tower and headed out into the open sea. Each boat carried fresh water and a small cargo of dried fish and pots of food plants they had been sneaking away from the roof over the last few weeks. It was time, Chell said to Rents as she sat by his side on the leading boat, looking back at the drowned city. Time and past time. We couldn't raise our own children there, forever living among the ruins. But what will we find out there? Will there be somewhere to live? he asked. We'll never know, she said, 
unless we go and see. Thank you for listening. That was a story by David Grigg. Read by David Grigg. Copyright 2013. All rights reserved.